Well, it is that time of year when candidates make it official, their plans for the upcoming election. And that happened yesterday when, as expected, Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell submitted his paperwork to get on the ballot, seeking a second four-year term as the top law enforcement officer in Sangamon County. Sheriff Jack Campbell in studio with us this afternoon. And as always, welcome. Great to have you here. Good to see you, Jim. And uh, congratulations on uh, officially launching the Thank re-election. Thank you. Thank you. Must mean you've uh, felt pretty good about the first four years. I do. I do. And I'm mo- more motivated than ever. And, um, you know, I know I, I waited one extra day and I know I got a text from you wondering if, if I was going to file or not. But um, there was no need at this point with no other, uh, you know, opponent yet. So, nope, we're excited about it. Ready to go. So, um, obviously, first and foremost, uh, your job is about keeping the community safe, mm-hmm. keeping the, the county safe. And we are talking a lot about crime these days mm-hmm. in this election year. Uh, you recently put out some some crime stats and, and you know, indicating that, uh, you know, some of the arrest numbers are down, maybe mm-hmm. some of the offense numbers are down. What's your overall assessment of, of crime and safety here in Sangamon County? I really believe this is a very safe county. Uh, I think the numbers reflect that. And I know minor separate than the city. Um, and I think that uh, I, I saw the city's numbers that came out a few weeks ago also. But I think all in all, it's a high quality of life here, low crime rates. I think it's a great place to live, raise your family. You've done it. I've done it. Um, I have no intention of going anywhere and, and very happy to uh, lead the way. Uh, I, I went back and looked. Uh, we talked uh, after your election, before you were sworn in, mm-hmm. back uh, now, again, close to four years ago. Uh, and one of the things you talked about was uh, staffing levels. Uh, you didn't feel like you'd be making a lot of changes in like uh, patrols and things just mm-hmm. because the, the manpower wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And you had uh, talked about wanting to, to change some of the, the hiring qualifications mm-hmm. to try to get more people through the door. So uh, I, I know you've made some of those changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a, a sense as to how you feel now about uh, both current manpower levels and the ability to attract the, the next generation of deputies. Sure. Um, well, the, the the manpower level is still the same. We have the same budgeted number of deputies and, and court security officers and correctional officers. The county board has been very good to us despite the pandemic, despite many agencies have taken a, a reduction down. We are still fully staffed at where we're at, where we were when I took office. Um, you know, you mentioned um, changing the, the qualification levels. And I think at the time, I'm sure I expressed that um, I was reluctant. You know, we'd worked very hard to establish a level of education. Uh, we required a bachelor's degree to take our test. But um, I didn't, of course, not know we had a pandemic coming four years ago. Uh, but we saw the number of applicants dropping already. And I had decided, made the very tough decision uh, to eliminate the uh, the need for a college degree to take our test and went back to the high school diploma. Uh, and I think that actually helped some of our military veterans be able to come in and take the test that did not yet have a degree. Um, but what one thing I can do because of our hiring process, I can actually still use that as an internal weight. And I did look at people that have education. Um, you know, I think that uh, about three quarters of the deputies that I've hired uh, have a, a college degree, if not some college. So... Uh, I kind of use it, but we just make it a minimum requirement. Uh, we are hearing a lot about the difficulties in attracting and retaining law enforcement officers because some of the changes in state law and mm-hmm. things. What What's your sense just overall of morale among law enforcement officers in your department and in other departments, too? And are people turning away from law enforcement as a career? Well, we are. it's a very tough atmosphere. Um, it's I think the, there's a national narrative and there's a local narrative. Um, and I remind the deputies all the time that we're very well supported here in Springfield, Simon County area, but there is this national narrative, and then I should add a state narrative of the legislation that was passed um, over a year ago that we in law enforcement really believe that makes 
us less safe. It makes our community less safe, makes it more difficult for us to do our job. Um, you know, with the no cash bail coming up in January, um, you know, we believe that there's going to be people that are, that are offenders that are going to be back out on the street faster than they normally would have. And now they don't have to post cash bond, so they have some skin in the game. If they go out and commit another crime, we could uh, seize that money. So uh, overall, I think that uh, we still are attracting a very high quality of, of deputy and correctional officer and, and court security. And uh, we are giving them the tools they need, the training they need to, to ensure their safety. Um, and we're, you know, some of them know that I sit on the legislative committee for the Illinois Sheriff's Association. So I'm over battling some of that legislation also. We're working on trailer bills now, trying to clean it up and, and uh, hopefully improve that uh, morale that we, we see that's kind of dipping a little bit. Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell here with us, uh, kicking off uh, his campaign to run uh, for a second term. Uh, Probably the uh, the biggest challenge you faced in your four years has been uh, some of the things happening at the county jail, including the death of an inmate mm-hmm. uh, after he had been restrained and tasered by, by jail guards there. What, if any, changes have you made to, to jail operations in these four years and in the aftermath of that particular incident? Sure. And every incident requires you to go back and take a good look at what could be done differently. And we had uh, realized there was a flaw in our system on the, on the fixed camera system in the jail. And uh, we had... We immediately changed those cameras from a a motion-activated position into a fully recording position on the first floor where most of the the activity takes place day-to-day. In addition, the cameras up in the upper upper blocks upstairs, uh, we set them to record for three more minutes after there's no more movement. So, again, that's going to lengthen the amount of video we have of of each and every incident. In addition, Jim, and and you may know this, you know, we have to go to body-worn cameras on on the road effective this January. We have just completed our third phase of testing, so we're choosing now which which vendor we're going to use. But I had also made the decision to add those to our correctional, correctional officers in the jail. So uh, that's going to give us, that's going to fill in the blanks, so to, so to speak, that when we have something that's not quite close enough to one of our fixed cameras, we'll be able to catch it on body cameras, and plus we'll have audio, which we don't have in the fixed system. So those are a, a few of the changes we made. And uh, again, for full transparency, I want to know exactly what happened down there. And, um, you know, it was an unfortunate incident, but it did require us to reflect back. You uh, cleared the correctional officers involved. Prosecutors looked at this, didn't find anything mm-hmm. actionable there. Uh, is there anything, though, that says, uh, particularly given the nature of the inmates that you're dealing with, and a lot of times you're dealing with inmates who have psychological problems and other health issues mm-hmm. and things, is the level of, of training adequate uh, for, for the jail staff uh, to, to do what they need to do and take the actions they need to take in those very difficult situations? We fulfill all of the statutory requirements when it comes to the training. Now, is it enough? Is, is any training ever enough is the question we shall ask is, you know, we, it has to be reasonable. We, we want them to have as much training as we can. Um, but, you know, you mentioned it, that these are people with psychological issues. Uh, many come in with drugs in their system. And, and I'm not going to talk about the recent event, but uh, I think it was reported that there, there, there were drugs in his system. And, and we constantly deal with that, um, constantly battle that. And uh, so it's something we'll, we'll continue to look and, and evolve. We, we always reflect back and, and see um, you know, if we could have done something differently. And, and uh, we will provide any training that we think is going to help our correctional officers do their job. You, uh, you already got to this. It was on my list of things to ask about. But uh, as you mentioned, you have been testing and trying out body-worn cameras. Mm-hmm. 
mm -hmm. both for deputies and for jail guards. Uh, you're required to have those uh, by uh, the start of calendar year 2023. Mm -hmm. How quickly do you think you will have and deploy them? We will. I expect it no later than June. Um, we again, we've we've done our we've done our test with the three vendors that we chose, and now it's a matter of simply choosing one and then working out the contractual requirements we're gonna we're gonna need, and um, and then work with the county board for the for the funding for the time being. These are unfunded mandates, and we'll have to figure it out. But they uh, again very supportive of what I want to do, and um, we're excited to get them on there. And, and uh, I think most of the deputies are ready for this, and they've been expecting it. So it'll be on every deputy, every jail guard. You've also got to have the the storage for it as well. Mm -hmm. Any idea ballpark of what that's going to cost? Well, because we don't know what vendor yet, we don't know what that cost is going to be. We know it's going to be significant, and um, uh, as you mentioned, it even if we're able to get the cameras at a greatly reduced cost, which is pretty typical. The storage, the video, um, you know, we need uh, uh, software that will re redact the video, get it ready for court, get it ready for FOIA requests. And, and uh, so it's going to be a significant undertaking. But again, I'm, I'm confident the county board is going to help us out with this. Uh, another issue that uh, generated some headlines, a little bit of controversy, you had uh, talked about wanting to uh, obtain a military style vehicle for the, the sheriff's department. Uh, we hadn't heard anything about that for a while. Is that still on your wish list in a second term? It is. You haven't heard about it because I can't find one. Um, I, I continue to search uh, the federal surplus program, um, and it's about safety, Jim. It's about safety for our, uh, whether it be our, our, our tactical team. Um, it's safety, and when we need to, to get in and rescue somebody that maybe has been injured and there's a uh, there's a gunman that, that's trying to, to keep us away or pin that person down. So it's always been about rescue. I've met with several of the community groups that, that uh, had some opposition, and without naming any of them, many of them have said, we understand where you're coming from, Sheriff. We support it. Um, just stick to your word. It's not going to be used to patrol our neighborhoods, and, and uh, we will not use it um, unnecessarily in any in any manner. We, it's, it's not something we're going to have out very often, but I will continue to pursue one and, and uh, until I acquire one. But you can't say what groups that were uh, speaking out against it are now saying we, we support you on this. Well, the the, the one I think that uh, the Faith Coalition yeah. has, has spoke out against it, but they're not they have not come around. Um, they we haven't really had any communication for for over a year probably. Um, but but the ones I don't want to mention are ones that that didn't come out publicly. Um, against me, but they 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 certainly could have, and uh, and now they behind the scenes have said they support me. Another challenge you faced over your four years, of course, is COVID, mm -hmm. and you've had to deal with this uh, just out in the community, but also with within the jail. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me how that has impacted your ability to to do the things you've wanted to do, in particular to to be out into the community and, and interacting with people. That that's one of the things that that I live by. I, I would tell my staff all the time, I'm going to go out and, and uh, sell our brand. I want to go out to the coffee shops. I want to to, to make the rounds around the community, and it really pinned us all down, and and, uh, and we certainly uh, felt the same pains everybody else did, but we're required to be out in the community, and we had deputies still going out taking reports. You know, we had inmates coming in and out of the jail um, that, that our our correctional officers were exposed to them, and, and vice versa, and, and and they all did a great job. They, they fought through it. They've, uh, you know, the jail staff still wears a mask every shift uh, every day in the jail. They've never complained about it. They understand where we're coming from, and, and uh, you know, the jail staff, uh, Superintendent Beck and his staff have done a fantastic job of, of minimizing any exposures in the jail. When we did have it, we were able to isolate those individuals and, and uh, keep it from spreading quickly. So um, it, it is something that, that nobody could have ever planned for is COVID, but I think that we handled it at the sheriff's office as well as we could have. It has uh, put you in a bind over the last couple of months. You've been unable to transfer inmates, so you've been operating it well above your, your mm -hmm. assigned capacity for the jail. Mm -hmm. Have those transfers started up again yet? We did 
finally have one. So we're rated for 314 inmates. And I think our high, we were at 366 about a month or so ago. Um, and around 40 of those were Department of Correction transfers that they had, they had uh, refused. Uh, they had quit accepting uh, inmates from county jails. And in addition, we always have about six or eight that are uh, DHS. Um, they've been declared unfit for trial. Uh, they had no beds for these individuals. So we always have a few of those. And, and um, finally, we did get rid of about 32 to 35 uh, transfers um, out to Department of Corrections, but we still have more to go. But we're about we were about 326 this morning, so that's a manageable number for us. Yeah, slightly over capacity, right. but not mm-hmm. to... Okay. Um, a couple of last quick questions. Uh, you and I talked a lot about this over the years, and you had some real reservations about legal marijuana mm-hmm. uh, before it became the law of the land two years ago. Uh, how do you feel a couple of years into this? Has it been a, a big problem for law enforcement? I know a lot of that time was also during mm-hmm. the pandemic. That probably impacted mm-hmm. things, but how have, have you and how the department coped with uh, the introduction of legal marijuana? Um, to answer your question, no, it hasn't been a big problem, and I and I predicted that it would be, and, and I think you hit it on the head. It, it, I think COVID changed everything. You know, it was just less people out, uh, less exposures, um, and actually, you saw the crime rates went down during that time frame too. So, um, I think that the jury's still out as to what's going to be the long term effects of recreational cannabis. And at the time, I said that I felt like all crime rates would go up, uh, homelessness would go up. Um, you know, we see addiction go up, um, but but again, the jury's still out. I think the coroner can tell you that we've had many overdoses. I, I doubt very much from cannabis, but the uh, drug usage certainly is is impacted. So um, all in all, I think that the uh, the community here has handled it well. I know there's a lot of people, if you, if you go by those stores, there's, a, there's long lines. I think we've done a pretty good job of people using it correctly and in their homes and staying off the streets. Sheriff, we could talk about a lot more, but we're out of time here. Real quickly, how do people learn more about your candidacy as you seek a second term? So you Google my name, Jack Campbell for Sheriff, um, and I'll be out and about. Um, I'm on, on all social media, on Facebook and Twitter, and reach out to us. I'd be happy to come talk to anybody.